Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. This, this church family that we have here, I, I just love getting together, and uh, we should never get out of a habit of doing this, right? And we're trying to reach the lost, and we're trying to d- disciple the believer, but actually we're to build one another up. We're to encourage one another. And, and what, what does that mean to you? You know, does that mean pat on the back that you're doing good? Or is it to help you out there when the church is out there? We come together like this to build up and encourage one another for what? I want to talk about that. We can all reach somebody. We can all be that extraordinary person in somebody's life that they really need, and you can reach them with the good news. This is going to save them from a lot of things and save them for a lot of things. The church should function more out there than it does in here. This is where we encourage one another, build one another up. This is what we do. We get together and, oh, have you had those treats? Oh, my goodness. I come for the treats. (laughs) Some of you come for the music, right? Abby can reach some of you. Uh, the, the people that make the treats, they reached a lot of us this morning. Maybe I can reach one of you. But that's not necessarily our goal in here. Our goal is to get you and equip you to be the church out there. We get so frustrated sometimes, and I've, I've told you before, pick somebody. Get somebody. You, you, you need to talk to them. And how are you going to do it? And are you going to be effective? And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Bible thumper. There's an effective way to do these things. And what happens sometimes is we get so focused on trying to reach someone that 20 pass us by. And we're working on them and we're working on them and we're working on them. And we can't get them. I don't know how to reach them. They are just, they are difficult. And I can't get them, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on working on them. And 20 people just went by that would listen to you. This is what happens to us. And this is where we start to get frustrated with our faith. We're not reaching anybody. Well, are you doing it the right way? And not each and every one of us can reach the same person. That's why we become a church out there. Now, you've actually, when you came in here, you you knew I was going to be speaking. You asked for me to do this to you, to hammer you. Right? That's what we say here. We come in here to get hammered. So you can be the church out there. This, is, this should be a, a pep talk. A lot of times I, I kind of bring you down because I tell you you're not doing it right. And then I preach how we can't be telling people they're not doing it right. And sometimes I'm a hypocrite that way. Are you guys like that? You just keep telling somebody, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. I don't know how I'm going to reach this person. They won't listen to me. I don't know what to do. And you're working on them and you're working on them. You're getting a plan together and all this stuff. And pretty soon a month has passed and you've missed 50 people that you could have talked to or been that extraordinary person in their life that needed to hear you and needed you to listen to them. And we get so wound up. This is actually, I think, a ploy of the enemy. He can make us ineffective because the person we can't reach, we are working on so, so hard. We've got to reach him. We've got to reach him. We've got to reach him. This person's going to go to hell. Well, you don't get the privilege to make that call, first of all. 
but you're trying too hard. When sometimes you just got to let it go and look for another opportunity someplace else. Each one of us has something that somebody else needs. And I, I guess this is one of the reasons we started this church was for the person that really isn't comfortable going to church where grandma went or you know how this goes, right? They, they sit in the same place every, every week and for heaven's sakes, don't sit in Grandma Smith's spot. And it's the same people and... I hope that I can reach a few like me. And I hope that you can reach a few like you. Not everybody. You're not going to get them. You're not going to get them all. Here's what an effective church does. And i got to be very careful, and we're going to do a little Bible teaching here. Uh, and we have to keep this in balance. I want you to put up 1 Corinthians um, 9, 20 through 22, I believe it is. And I'm sure there's a lot on the screen there, but we're going to kind of read it together, and I want to... I want to break this down for you. Um, Paul is, is writing here to the church of Corinth. To the Jews, I become like the Jew to win the Jew. To those under the law, I become like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. You see, he's saying here, you never cross the line. So, that, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law. Though I am free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. Explaining here again. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I become weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I probably better explain became or become, whatever your, your paraphrase reads. This actually means to be assembled, to follow, to be found, to arise. It's also used in places where it says appear in history, come upon the stage, and appearing in public. So when he, beca- when he says, I become like the Jew to win over the Jew, he doesn't actually act like them. He appears with them. He's in their presence. He's, he's following them. He's, he's near them. He's in public. He's on a stage. We never cross the line. But we become like someone. We mourn with those that mourn. That would be becoming like someone to win somebody over. Now, I don't want you to use this wrong because I've been to a lot of bike rallies and didn't do what they were doing, but I was in their presence. You see, I become like them to win them over. But the last word says, I might save some. Not all, not everybody. We become like somebody else in their uh, presence to win them over. Some. If you can't win them over, let it go. Let it go. It's not your job. Your job is to plant a seed, not to harvest. And we get so wound up on saving somebody. i got to save them. That's not your job. You don't save anybody. You plant a seed so that the Lord can harvest. And what happens is we, we drop these seeds, and when we don't see it growing well, we have to tend to it, right? 
and I've given a lot of messages on farmers and preparing the soil and everything, but you drop the seed, and if it doesn't grow well, you won't put another seed there again. That's a farmer's perspective. I'm sure there's a few of you in here. The soil's not good. You don't spend so much time worrying about that seed that you never get around to planting the seed that falls on the good ground. You understand this is only a fourth. Okay, so in the parable of the sower, you understand it's one farmer. This isn't different scenarios of different people and where they planted. This is one farmer. The first seeds fall along the path and the birds eat it up. The second one falls on rocky places where the um, soil is shallow and dry, sun withers it away. The third one falls among thorns, and it gets choked out. And the fourth one falls on good soil. And this, this understanding, they, they understand, I'll actually read this to you in a minute, it means that they comprehend, they get it. Now, do you realize that the sower is the same person, drops seeds everywhere, the first three didn't do nothing, and he finally got one. That's a fourth. Can you do that? Let the first one go. Somebody else might come along with a different hybrid seed that grows good in that ground. Farmers will understand that, won't they? Did I say that right, Greg? Is that, yeah. Got a confirmation, see? Confirm me. I, I need this. I don't need any more emails. One-fourth is the parable of the sower is the only one he won over. Can you let the other three go? Do you realize that if he would have just kept on that first seed that fell along the path, he would have never got to the fourth? The second one that fell along rocky ground, if he would have just, just spent all of his time working on the first two seeds, and then the third one, the thorns are growing up, you know, I might as well give up. I'm no good at this. That's what you guys do when the fourth one fell on good ground. It actually says, uh, Matthew 13, 23, Jesus is explaining this. And he says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. That means he gets it. He comprehends what it is. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 and 30 times what has sown. You've got to think about this. This farmer threw down three sets of seeds that did nothing. And most of us probably would have just given up or said, I'm no good at this. I can't reach those. I've done everything I can for those, and I'm just not the person for this. But that fourth one he threw down, a fourth of the people that he tried to reach produced 160 and 30 times. You would have reached that many people if you would have just got to the fourth seed. If you wouldn't have got discouraged about the first three and finally got to the fourth one, the one person that that farmer reached produced a multitude of people that got it. That's what you do. You plant a seed, and if you can reach one person, that person might reach thousands of people a multitude of people, because you were patient, you just kept throwing down seeds, it finally fell on good ground, and it produced a crop that you can't do. You don't have enough time to reach that many people. But if you would have given up on the first one, the second one, or the third one, you would have reached no one. 
That's what the church does. Gets together like this. It's encouraging you to not get discouraged, to lift you up so that you'll keep going. You'll get to that fourth one. I'm a statistics guy. I love this. 0.25% of the people this farmer talked to didn't, you know, they finally got it. The 0.75 never touched nothing, didn't produce anything. Don't worry about that. You, you, you guys get too wrapped up on trying to reach that one person that I've told you about. I say all the time, if we would just reach one person, if 50% of the world, or, or let's just say the, the uh, uh, U.S. is Christian, if that 50% would pick one person and reach them, we'd be 100%. But I'm not sure that one person's going to be the first one you think of. Or the first one you try. And we all probably got somebody in our life that we think, they need Jesus. Don't we say this all the time? They need Jesus. Well, you don't know whether they do or not. But it's a good chance, maybe, right? So let's go through some statistics. A fourth needed her two-thirds, three, four. I can't do math. (laughs) I'll cut that part out, too. Three-fourths of those people was a waste of time. They needed Jesus. So now I'm telling you, if you go out there, three-fourths of the people you see need Jesus. I'm going by the word right here. These are not my figures. Matthew 10, 14. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. We've all heard this, right? He's telling his apostles. He's sending them out. And this is what you do. You go from house to house. They would um, ask to stay or be welcomed because they didn't take any money or anything. If they didn't welcome them, brush the dust off your sandals, off your feet, whatever your paraphrase says. Do you, do you get that? How about the uh, throwing the pearls to the hogs? Uh, that's one. Matthew 7, 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. This is what happens when you try to get one person and you're just working on them and you're working on them and you're working on them. Pretty soon they're going to just tear you to pieces. Not so much physically, but spiritually, mentally. You've got to get them. I've got to save this person. They need Jesus so bad. I've got to get him. I've got to get him. I've got to get him. This is what this is talking about. Brush the dust off and don't throw your pearls to the hogs. This would be something very valuable, sacred. You don't waste. And if somebody's not listening to you, you don't waste your time with them anymore. Go on to the next one. You'll finally get to the fourth one. Maybe it'll be the eighth one. Maybe it'll be the tenth. Let's take these these multiplication things and go, go, let's go down the line to where one twentieth, but that person reached multitudes. Still all good. Your job is not to harvest. Your job is just to plant a seed, and some will understand. Some will comprehend, and that's how the church expands. And that's what we need to talk about in church. You know, I went down this road a while back, and we were going to go through some Revelation stuff, and the first couple, you guys were really excited, and the last one was like, that's way beyond me. I don't even get it. It's fun to do once in a while. But what church is for is to encourage one another to be the church out there. 
to teach them to be the church out there. This is just a building where we get together, and we're not supposed to get out of the habit of it. And you've come in here to listen to a guy like this, right? You know how many emails I get about white tennis shoes? Dude, can't can't you afford to get some decent shoes? See, I can't reach that person, right? Well, that, that music is so loud. I can't, I can't stand it. It's so loud. I can't reach that person. Abby can't reach that person. The one that comes in and says, you know, the music was good, but the message sucked. Abby could reach that person. I can't. If the person says, the music is way too loud, but that message was great, I can reach that person. You all can too. A farmer can reach a farmer. A person in an office can reach a person in an office. A person that tends bar can reach people like crazy. That's the multitudes. Now, I'm not telling you all go to the bar. <laughs> giving you an analogy, you see. And, and I talk this way because I can reach certain people. Who can you reach? And when do you have to brush the dust off your feet and let somebody else do it? And, and I love this. I would love for you to reach somebody that won't step foot in this place. I would love for you to reach people that think this guy is crazy. I want you guys to go reach people that will never go to church. I've done my job. I planted a seed in you, you got multitudes. Who are you trying to reach? And are you wasting too much time on that person? You know what happens? And I've actually got a couple friends like this. They, um, I'm going to talk like a secular person here. Um, oh, they saw the light, right? We, we hear people talk about this. They were bad, but now they've seen the light. And boy, you ought to hear them talk now. And you keep doing this to somebody. You keep doing this till pretty soon they're running and they're hiding from you. They know that you're going to come up to them and start preaching or something and telling them they need to get to church. Pretty soon they don't even want to be around you. And they're going to tell somebody else. That person has gone crazy. They cannot deal with anything else but this. And it's just, it's just consuming them. That's what happens. Why didn't you brush the dust off your feet and go to the next person that actually wanted to talk to you? Because you're going to turn into a nut job if you don't leave somebody alone. You've got to realize when your seed has fallen on good ground. And when it has, you don't need to spend much time with them either because they get it. They comprehended it. So there's nobody that we really need to work on and work on and work on. I got to keep doing it. I got to keep doing it. What you need to do is find somebody that can reach them. Would you support that person? And, you know, I, I hope nobody takes offense to this. You know, you, you become a Christian and you might change your life, I hope, a little bit. This is called repentance. You do things a little bit different. You speak a little bit different. And let's say, let's say a sibling. They know. You saw the light. And, and you're different now. And you're trying to work on your sibling, right? I'm going to save my family. How about your kids? I, I think my children don't know Jesus. I need to, I need to get after them and, and do it and do it and do it. And you're, you're on them and you're on them and you're on them. And it's not working. My mother couldn't reach me. She wasn't the person to reach me. She tried for 70 years. No, I'm only 61. She tried for 61 years. 
My math is good today, isn't it? <laughs> to reach me, and she couldn't do it. She's probably the best Christian I've ever known. Meek and mild, so gentle and kind. What a great woman she was. She couldn't reach me. And then when somebody else reaches that person that you're trying to, you're mad. Why didn't they listen to me? How about a brother or a sister? You're working on him. You're working on him. And all of a sudden, they come to you and say, I get it. I met so-and-so the other day. I went to church in a certain place. And you're like, I've been trying to tell you that for 20 years. Now you're mad. Your relationship might not be the same because they didn't listen to you, but they listened to that guy down the road. Don't let it bother you. You actually reach somebody in a roundabout way, whoever it is. Why not? How about if your sibling won't listen to you, but you know that they got a real good friend, and you go and talk to them and say, you know, I've tried to reach him, but I'm just going to have to brush the dust off of my sandals. And they say, hey, let me have a shot. Would you support that person? Would you say, you do it? I can't do it, but you could. Why don't you do it? And they get to him. He gets it. And instead of being mad, why aren't you just full of joy that you actually supported the person that could do it? Or do you need that credit? Do you need that, that satisfaction of, I saved them. Well, I got to tell you, you don't save anybody. All you do is plant a seed. But each one of us, truck drivers can reach truck drivers. Homemakers can reach homemakers. Homeschoolers can reach other homeschoolers. Everybody's got somebody in their life that is their, this extraordinary person they met that they trust. If they say, it's a good thing, I'll do it. When your whole family has told you before it was and you wouldn't. Is your family going to be mad because somebody else reached you? Is that you? You're mad that you can't reach your siblings or, or, your, or your family members or the people where you work? I can't, I can't, I can't reach them. And then this, uh, this fat bearded guy comes along and says something, and they're following him around like a cat. I don't know, cats follow people around. <laughs> you know, maybe the guy... Maybe the guy that doesn't say everything right, that doesn't dress right, that doesn't do any, everything right, could reach him. What? We can't have that, right? We can't have that. You're not supporting the person that could actually throw a seed in good soil. Okay, now this is not an excuse you can use to go up to somebody and say, do you know Jesus? And walk away and say, couldn't get to them. <laughs> yeah, won't, won't listen to me. Maybe it'll work for you. I don't know. But that's not very effective. So you can't use this as an excuse to say, um, hey, will you come to church? And they say no. You say, well, I'm not going to do that again. That person said no. You can't use that as an excuse because you're going for the fourth person or the eighth or the 16th. Hey, my math's getting better, right? Or the 32nd. He doesn't say to keep badgering in someone until they believe. He actually says, when you're not welcome, brush the dust off your sandals and move on. That's your first seed that did not fall on good ground. Can you just brush the dust off your sandals and move along? I call this keeping your mouth shut. You drop the seed. If it doesn't grow, go to the next one. And then go to the next one. Church should be fun. It should be uplifting. It should be encouraging so that you're the church out there. 
don't worry. If you can't reach somebody, go to the next person. When you finally get to somebody that will listen to you, that will, will give you some time to talk because they've seen a difference in your life and will sit down with you and want to know what's going on in your life, now you've reached somebody and that person could save thousands. Mm. Reach thousands. Don't spend too much time working on somebody. It'll tear you up. It'll make your relationship with them so bad that they do not want to talk to you. They will run from you. You know, you get the phone call and you see the name and say, "Uh uh-uh, not doing that. Oh, you guys don't do that? I don't do it to any of you. (laughs) Paul's writing a letter to Philemon, and Onesimus has actually left Philemon. And Paul's writing back to him to encourage him to take Onesimus back because he's faithful and he's effective and he wants to come back. And he says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you through Christ Jesus. That your faith might be effective. That is Philemon verse 6. Read it. Think about it. It doesn't mean you're going to save everybody and quit harping and pounding and and Bible-thumping people that you think need Jesus because if you would walk away, it would give somebody else a chance to try. Maybe you can't reach somebody. Maybe you can't reach several people, but you might reach one. And he even says we become like them so that we might save some, just some. That's all I'm asking. Be effective. Don't just keep working on somebody. If you can't reach them, step back and say, I tried to reach them, but it's going to take somebody else besides me. That person's out there. That person might be sitting in this room right here, but you're not going to give them a chance because you want this glory. I'm going to save them. I'm going to make them a believer. And they're going to see what I do and that I'm doing it right, and they're going to believe too, and I'm not going to give up on them. That's cool if you don't want to give up on them, but you're probably ruining the relationship. Where if you would step back and say, could you talk to them? See, maybe they'll listen to you. Support that person. Support that person that can reach people. And don't get offended when you can't. Because the farmer threw down three seeds that didn't go anywhere. If he would have got discouraged, if he would have been offended by somebody, he never would have threw down the fourth one. So stop it. Just try to be effective. Try to be kind. Try to be gentle. And pretty soon, somebody's going to walk up to you and say, you know, there's something different about you. Somebody's going to walk into your life that is so extraordinary that you'll listen to them. Everybody should have somebody like that in their life. Try to be that person. And if you're not that person, walk away. Let somebody else take a shot at it. You see, this battle going on here is not ours. We're just going to throw seats. The battle belongs to Jesus Christ. And he's already beat him once, and we know he's going to beat him again. So if you can't get the job done, why don't you step away and say, Jesus, it's all yours. So you throw down the first seed. Do you ever think about getting on your knees and saying, God, you're going to have to get that one. Throw down the second seed. Nothing happens. You ever think about getting on your knees? Turning the battle over to him? It's not your deal. Third one. You're spending a lot of time on your knees now. 
But that fourth one will give you a peace and a purpose that you'll never understand. That's the church. That's what we do. We don't hammer people. We don't thump them over the head with Bible. We give them hope. If you can't do it, let somebody else try. Step aside. Let somebody else. Go tell somebody else. And don't be offended that you couldn't. Because if you're part of the church, not everybody can be an eye. Everybody's got their thing. And each one of you can be that person to somebody else. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for equipping us as we go through life. Be gentle with us as you train us up in a way that we can teach others to help. God, be effective through me so I can be effective through others. God, I believe your son is just exactly who he said he was. And from this day forward, I'm going to commit my life to ministering his ministry, to throwing seeds down for him to harvest. God, be with me as we go. And sometimes you have to just take the battle. It's in Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.